Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Are you looking for a silver bullet that will magically transform your sales staff into a team that wins nearly every opportunity and proposal? Unfortunately, I didn't come prepared today with any specific magic words, secret potion, pipeline strategies, genies and lamps, or leprechauns. But what I do have might be better. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest who is going to help us how to discover with a little hard work, accountability, and perseverance, you can increase sales and drive rapid growth. As an accomplished sales performance expert, author of the Collecting Wins sales platform, and founder of the Growth Multiplier Movement and the Florist Group, James Rorys is helps is here today to help CPAs and sales leaders transform their sales and customer-facing teams so they are capable of doubling or tripling their sales over a short period of time. Welcome to Unsuitable, James. Pleasure to be here. Probably got to go back and uh, read that stuff again. They uh, make it very hard to read this. I'd like, I'd like a copy of that for my website, please. You, you can. Uh, <laughs> speaking of your website... Uh, you know, I jumped on your website um, yesterday. Uh, very, very impressive uh, website. Uh, can you uh, give the um, audience uh, uh, the website address? Sure. It's uh, florisgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S. Floris uh, is a derivative of a French word, which means to flourish. So we help, uh, we're a group of people that help organizations drive significant growth, do things they didn't think were possible. You know, and and I jumped on there and kind of listened to um, a couple of the videos you have on there, and that's pretty good. I, I I thought I okay, I'll listen, get ready for today, and you know, take care of a few emails while I'm listening. And then you said the magic phrase <laughs> on the video. I stopped and I listened to the rest of the video. I quit doing the emails. And that, that's how impressive that what video is. What got your is. attention? What it, was the phrase? It was the one that uh, shit hits the wall or <laughs> right. something like that. That's your phrase, not mine. Right. I'm not to, that's in my contract. I can't use that that language. So, <laughs> uh oh, this could be this could be my last one here. But I'm sure the listeners uh, have said worse. Yeah. A- anyway, very, for our listeners, very very impressive website. A uh, lot of great content and uh, some testimonials on there were just uh, outstanding. Thank you. So, you know, today we wanted to talk about, I guess, sales transformation, building a sales team, kind of. Uh, you know, pretty wide topic, but let's uh, you know let's break it break it down a little bit. You you're a speaker uh, around uh, certainly Columbus, state of Ohio, around the nation. You've written books, you've write blogs, you got a lot of stuff going on. You're a growth expert. I want to put that in play in okay. my company. Where do I start? Right. Well, you know what, and uh, I appreciate um, the kind words. Um, I come to this from the perspective of a business owner, of a CEO, of an executive. I'm fourth generation in my own family business. I grew up in Buffalo. I got my education in Boston, then took my skills to Boston and was involved in a number of venture-backed startups. And I quickly learned uh, or taught myself how to sell things that people had never heard of before, to solve problems they didn't know they had. That was my job. Um, And so what what I was able to do was take that experience, that belly-to-belly experience with the customer and my experience 
driving businesses and growing businesses as a in my youth and put it together. And now I'm here in Columbus and have been doing this now for, since 2006. When I say I take I I have the perspective of the business owner or the CEO, what it means is that it's not just about the transaction getting a sale. It's about building a business, driving growth, creating sustainability, building value. So there has to be uh, there, everything you do has to translate to something of value to the company, a great customer relationship, driving the numbers. But it's a holistic approach to what we do where many people get involved in this in this job and they really take that very tactical, narrow view. And that's what causes so many problems for so many businesses. When you say narrow, can you uh, expand on that? Uh, maybe an example, a story. I know you've got tons of stories. Uh, but you know that sounds like that's not the right way to go. But uh, you know, let's let's have a story. Yeah, that's why we love stories. <laughs> well, uh, the best story I can tell you is uh, one of my own stories, um, and it's, this is a little self-deprecating. But when I was part of my passion that I bring to the business comes from the mistakes I've made in my own career, and I was that classical uh, salesperson that um, viewed sales as a zero-sum game that if I lost a sale, I was a loser. And if I won a sale, I was a winner. The, tr the uh, effort was all about me. It wasn't about building something bigger. It was about getting the deal. And what's really interesting is that the people that I worked for encouraged me to think that way. So for all the business owners listening right now, think about this. As you walk through your plant or your facility, what words are on the wall? Words like integrity right? Customer-centric, we care, et cetera, right? And then what do you encourage your salespeople to do every day? Go get them, win the battle, right? Take no prisoners, right? We build battle cards, we go to war, and we, and we you know, we use the carrot and the stick to motivate people. So the, uh, the core values that we bring to our business apply to everybody else except for the sales team. And I adopted that with great fervor, and I was very successful at it until... Such it's still a time when I couldn't take it anymore, and it really affected my health, and I transformed my life. And now, and when I transformed my life, I realized that every CEO and sales leader I had ever worked with needed the same perspective. So what we do is, instead of fielding a team of people who are assassins, right, who go out and take take deals down, we actually help people see how you can drive growth, leveraging a holistic, value centric approach that's totally aligned with the values of the CEO, the core values of the organization, the values of, cust of being customer-centric. And we actually built a methodology. And one of, my, one of my principal requirements for the methodology was I would be proud to share how I sell with every one of my customers, not hiding anything, no psychological tricks, no manipulation, no, no, uh, yeah, just, just straight up win-win scenarios. We call them servant leader or servant leader centric scenarios. So what you do, and again, you're, you know, being aware of your organization around Columbus, uh, you know, well-respected, you have that winning attitude. You must have played sports somewhere along the line. I'm very competitive. <laughs> you had to win. You got to win, don't you? And my kids are competitive, and I have no idea where they get that from. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, what you do, it sounds like what you do is kind of build a, 
operating system within a, an organization to, you know, have that sales culture. That's a that's a really really good way of putting it. Many organizations start with expertise and core competencies around what they build and what they deliver, and they build intellectual property around that deliverable, and they'll invest a ton of money, millions, in their plant, in their facility, in the operating system that makes the business money from a product delivery or service delivery perspective. And they only invest in the operating system uh, on the sales side when they have to, right? They throw shit against the wall for years, see if it sticks. When it does, they they replicate it. But after a while, it doesn't work. So yes, after if, if a business owner wants to succeed beyond the ceiling they've built for themselves, they have to think of sales differently as an operating system. What we actually encourage people to do is think about building intellectual property around how you sell, similar to the intellectual property you've built around the services and products you build. You have to make a balanced investment in order to have a balanced business and go to market strategy and to drive balanced growth. And we don't, we do build an operating system in that we start with the numbers. It's a data-centric effort, not a by feel or intuitive effort. So the numbers tell a story in your business and in ours. And uh, see, I when when you mentioned that off mic, I thought, wow, how's he gonna how 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 are we gonna do that? Well, what kind of numbers are you looking at? What's what's that look like? I'm a numbers guy. I gotta know this. Uh, you know what? Uh, I love numbers, and most men and women in my business hate numbers. They don't want to be accountable. They want to be brilliant. Right? They want to impress you with their brilliance, and if you question them. They don't like it, and they immediately get defensive and put you off, and they treat their students that way, too, anybody who's going through their training class. We, we, we walk the talk, so we're all about accountability. We guarantee our work. We'll even let our clients write the guarantee. Why? We, don't, we really don't care about them holding us accountable. We know our stuff works, uh, and so we're willing to walk arm in arm with them along that path. And the reason we know it works is because the numbers that we choose to focus on are very simple. They are four metrics that have an exponential relationship to each other. We track where you are with each of those metrics. And we have found ways to turn small incremental improvements, five or 10% improvements, into 30, 47, or 60% improvements in revenue. So if we can adjust your behaviors and find small incremental improvements, in areas that are related to each other, have exponential relationships, we can drive double-digit growth, even in businesses that don't believe it's possible. And we'll take the challenge if we've done the analysis and believe it's possible. You know, you'd mentioned uh, even in businesses where they don't believe, and we've both been affiliated with a whole bunch of businesses like that that think, my way is better. It's, or it's never worked for me, so how could it possibly work for you? Yeah. You know, if I was putting together a strategic plan for my business, do I carve out a pretty big section for my, my sales team? Ah, that's a great one. Um, what's really interesting is the younger version of me would say yes. Uh, the experienced version of me would say, you know what? It's, 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 my experience tells me that there are businesses that exist today that do not require world-class salespeople to be successful. 
So there are a lot of businesses that where their top performers actually have very low sales competencies. So to answer your question, do I have to make a big investment in salespeople? No, I don't. I just have to know which competencies drive the transactions, drive customer relationships, drive revenue, drive margins. If I know those competencies, I can identify people that have those competencies or are willing and able to learn those competencies. This goes back to being data-centric. Do the analysis. Understand the behaviors that your people have that really move the needle, and then go out and find those same capabilities, behaviors, that same DNA, and replicate. It's not about feel. It's not about hiring who you like or who impresses you in an interview. It's about understanding people at a data-centric level. You know, we talked uh, early on, right out out of the shoot about where do you get started, and it just occurred to me as you were talking about these sales competencies, do you... Do you come into my organization and maybe, you know, give me one of those tests, you know, those ugly tests that we all have to take from time to time? Is that, is that part of the process? Well, I'll tell you what. Or you just coach the dickens out of me. That, that's maybe, maybe that's a better way to start. You can coach, Which would you, you prefer? Coach me. I want to coach hard. You? Coach me hard. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to take another test. I love it. I don't want to take a test. So you must have been an athlete then. I was. I, <laughs> Maybe let's get right are. to it. Let's get right to it. So, <laughs> so uh, coach me hard. I mean, uh, that's what you guys do. Well, it's a great, it's a great, great point. So we like to respond to what our client, what matters most to our clients. So the coaching paradigm is the most powerful paradigm. The coaching paradigm says that the the coach comes into the the relationship knowing that they are not an expert on you. You are an expert on you. My job as a coach is to create self-awareness for you, my client. And it's not about giving you advice. It's about helping you come to the conclusions that you need to get to where you want to go. So as a coach, I'm empowering you 100% as a client. There are very few clients out there who are willing to accept that level of responsibility for their own success. Just like an athlete, most executives out there would hire me and say, James, fix them. Fix them. You know, fix my system. Whatever. So they're really Fix looking, the offensive line, by yeah. golly. They're looking for consulting and it's somebody else's problem. So I applaud you for that. But whatever is whatever is most comfortable for the client, we will deliver for them only if uh, we believe it will get them the results that they expect. But yes, coaching is is a great place to be because at the end of the day, for all the systems and processes don't matter if you cannot or you will not execute. The, the most powerful thing that we do as an organization is not come in and be brilliant and share with you our amazing servant leader-centric process um, and, our, and the core values that we bring to the table. The most amazing thing we do is we identify what will move someone to change and we can activate that and then actually walk the, walk the steps they must take to change. Because after, at the end of the day, growth, growth is the mastery of change. I cannot deliver growth for an organization unless there is change that occurs in that organization. So we, we really are people that have understood how to help an organization make those changes in a comfortable way that won't put them out of business while they're waiting for those results to come. Right. Right. You know, I know we have a lot of CEOs that listen to this and there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, I know what they're thinking and I'm going to, I'm going to try to ask the question that they're thinking. And this is for you, Austin. 
I'm going to ask this, James this question for you only. So, all right, I'm right my own guarantee of the program. I want to get to sales growth very quickly. Can you get me there in six months? Yes. So we have a we actually have a testimony on our website. A client grew their sales by 150 percent in six months. Now, what what do we have to explore first to see? First off, is it possible? Right. So the first question I ask almost every client that I sit down with is, "What is your capacity? What is your capacity for new business right now?" without any investment in plant, without any investment in facility, that usually identifies the initial goal that we should shoot for. Why? Because if, we, if you're covering your fixed costs today, every incremental dollar I make for you has a significant margin lift on it. And now we've identified some real money that we can create for your organization. And then we start thinking about, okay, great. What will you do with that money once we generate it? You sure you're not a CPA? <laughs> you're I've thinking had, like a CPA I've now. I've had some great... Financial teachers in my I mean, in my that's time. the studying the data. That's, you know? a, that's a, exactly. And it's being realistic. It's not coming in with vibrato or ego. It's being realistic and treating your business the way I would treat my own. So we never get off the question, where do we start? We may never get off that question today, but one of the things is you can help me understand my data. That's correct. We want to. We want. What we want to do is we want to. We want to. And I know this may sound terrible, but we want to reduce the the things that are most the most obscure to a business owner down to data. The first most obscure thing that an employer has are people, right? Figure them out. Go ahead, try to figure them out. Do we figure them out based on their personality? Do we figure them out based on their behaviors? Do we figure them out based on their operational DNA? Do we figure them out based on their job fit, right? Think about it. Every business owner out there has hired a smart person and changed their job description five times. Because they're smart, they'll figure it out. That doesn't fly. That's not scalable. What we, Of course, anybody who loves a company and loves their employer is going to do what they can to be successful in that role. But you can't keep hiring people and changing their job description. You have to optimize job fit. So we will, yes, we will leverage... The right assessments, we only choose assessments that are predictive, validated predictive, meaning that the, that the conclusion that the, that the assessment makes has been validated by a third-party PhD that says, yes, this recommendation is predictive success. So we'll, we'll make sure we do that for our clients, but we'll leverage that information and then help them apply it in a way that makes sense. At the end of the day, the data helps us make decisions right? That allow us then to take actions to get the outcomes that we care about. That's what we want for our clients. Okay, James, story time. <laughs> story time. Yeah, set me up. Yeah. What do you oh, want to hear? Told, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you've had this conversation. Uh, okay, you go in, you assess, you're teaching, coaching, you got to go back to the CEO and say, you know what? Your guy just ain't the guy. He's not the guy to, not accountable doesn't have the winning attitude. You ever have those conversations? Yeah, they're tough conversations. Um, one of the things that we do when we, when we analyze a workforce is that we ask, we ask the owner to make a commitment that he or she will not fire anybody that we assess based on their assessment. That's the first thing. <laughs> now, believe it or not, very few owners can be 
they can talk big, but they really don't want to let anybody go. They really love all their employees. And they're really, it's really sad for them to hear that somebody isn't going to make it. So, that, But that's the first thing we do is, is we have an agreement that we'll do this for you, but you can't fire anybody until after we've had given them the chance to make, to make the change that we, that we expect that we want them to make. You ever have the uh, discussion after going through that and you go back to the CEO and say, um, hey, guess what, uh, Mr. CEO, you're the problem, not your team. Right. Starts at the top. So that, that sounds like a question based on your own experience. Uh, <laughs> very astute. <laughs> well, so you've just identified one of the key requirements for any qualified client for us. One of my favorite questions to ask somebody is, what is your sales problem? And then we eventually get to the point, well, how much of that problem is you? Now, if a, if a, if a client is coachable, they will be thoughtful about their answer. If they're not coachable, then we'll recognize that right away. And we'll really be able to, I'll really be able to ask the question, is now, if they're not coachable, is now really the time for you to take on this initiative? to drive such major change in your organization and let them opt out of the process. It does us no good to take someone's money in advance, only to realize later that they're not going to be successful. We really want to do everything we can in, a, in as non-defensive and as kind a way you know, as we can to figure out if this is really going to be successful. Because it's not just about what we want. It's about what we're willing to do to get there. And everybody has to be on that page. And at the end of the day, accountability comes from leadership. And leadership is going to come from that commitment to the change that we want to, that we want to achieve. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit before we close up shop here about the type of clients that, that you work with. Uh, any specific industry or wide range of industry? It's a great, great question. The types of sales environments that require our help tend to be those where a, a business is trying to sell what they offer at a premium, so where price pressure is influencing the organization. So maybe they're selling something that the market thinks is a commodity, or maybe all their competition sells commodity, they sell a premium product, and everybody still wants to treat them like the commodity. So how do I train my salespeople to differentiate what we do in the marketplace? Oftentimes, organizations that are breaking new markets. So the path to growth, we've been doing this for 50 years. The path to growth is to diversify our product line just a little bit and then open up new markets. How do I break new markets? Oftentimes, breaking new markets requires a brand new mindset in the organization. How do I establish that mindset? It takes a new way of thinking. And then oftentimes as well, we have the things that worked aren't working today. And you need an outside person oftentimes to have the objective mind and the objective eyes to help you see what has shifted so you can easily make the transition. You do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is executive coaching, typically executive and leadership level coaching and one-on-one. -on -one. And then we'll do group coaching as well. Coaching is critical. And I... I, for the listeners out there, coaching today is like consulting was back in the 90s, right? It's one of those words that can mean a million different things. I'd like people to just to think about coaching in this context. If you, if you train somebody to do something and, and they have an ex, amazing experience, right? We get four and a half, five stars when we do our training. Big deal. 
It only matters if it has impact on the company. How does it have impact? It must be reinforced. Coaching is an outstanding tool for taking a lesson and applying it to the unique world of the, of the practitioner, the person who's trying to apply it. I teach great stuff, but you know what? When someone's trying to apply that knowledge to a unique sales situation for a unique product, a unique environment, they must have someone to bounce that off of. Sure. So we'll teach our clients, we'll train them to do it, but we'll also do it for them and model the effort. That's another another way that we hold ourselves accountable for the execution that we promise our clients are going to get. Great. Great. You know, we, we talked about, you know, certainly how to figure out where to start and that's, that's, that's the the key, one of the keys, and we talked about certainly organizing your effort in a roundabout way, and and, and with some good examples. And I want to finish up with uh, common barriers to success. Uh, some of them we've already hit on, like CEO's not into it. You know, maybe uh, maybe the team just you know maybe they need to make some new hires. But what are some other common barriers that that you see? Well, so I, what I would what I would recommend people think about is um, we have this belief in developing winning habits. And winning habits are built on three things. Mindset, skill set, tool set. Mindset, skill set, tool set. I just had a meeting with an executive at a well-established company here in town who has built a strategy. And the strategy commands that people in his organization achieve a certain objective. Well, what are the barriers to achieving that objective? I have the wrong mindset. In other words, I don't believe it's going to work, or I've never done it before, so I can't even see it working. I don't have the skills. Even if I believed it, I don't have the skills to execute. And oh, by the way, none of the tools that I need to be successful are in this organization yet. Go do it. You know, it's like strategy, now go do. Well, so it's so barriers, right? So what's really interesting is think of mindset, school set, the tools, skill set, tool set in reverse. If I give you a tool and I don't train you to use it, is the tool any good? If I give you training, but your mindset says it won't work, is that any good? Right. No. So what we have to think about is we have to think about the path to execution. Most of our clients have amazing strategy. And they look at me and say, James, I could, I've had people say, James, no salespeople on the planet exist that can sell my stuff. It's not about your business. Everyone thinks that, by the way. It's not about your business. It's about how you executed. You tried figuring it out yourself. You tried throwing shit against the wall to see if it stick. And you know what? You ran out of money. And you ran out of time, ran out of patience. How about calling an expert and, and forcing that expert to validate that they can actually help you? Listeners, I wish you in the room with us here. This guy, this guy is full of energy. You know, I, I got a feeling you go talk to somebody and they want to say, look, help my team go eight and eight. That, that situation's not for you. You want to go 12 and four. You're a winner. <laughs> It's a it's a nice goal. We so, uh, we like to we like to help people. Thank you for saying that, by the way. But we 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 believe strongly in this idea of reaching, and redefining our potential. What I never want to do is promise somebody I can help them get someplace they can't get. So the first step is what is your potential? Let's see if we can get there. Once we reach it, now let's redefine the next level. I get this long closure that I got to read, but I'm not going to read it. Our guest today is Jim James Rory's. From uh, Florist Company here in Columbus. James, why don't you give us your website one more time? And, and I'm sure we're going to get some hits on that. Uh, uh, 
That'd be great. I'll give you my website and my email address. You go right ahead. The website is florisgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And you can reach me at james at florisgroup.com. Uh, and you can also find me on, hit me up on LinkedIn and I'm, I'd be happy to connect with you. And I also offer anybody who wants to pick my brain for a half an hour a chance to jump on my calendar. So uh, that's a, that's available to all your listeners if they'd like to take advantage of it. Listeners, if you'd like to hear more from James and the Florist Group, send us an email, contact us at raisecpa.com and let us know. If you really enjoyed today's episode like I did, share it with your professional network. And if you haven't already checked us out, go to Ray's YouTube channel to see videos of today's episode. You'll see a lot of hands flying in the air and a lot of emotion in the room. You certainly won't be disappointed. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. Thank you.